I see. I seen him in the street once, and I, sh- I think I was saying, "That's that guy. That's that actor." And as I turned, as me and my mate turned around to like see if it was him, he just was. He just was going like this backwards. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com/weightloss. That's PlushCare.com/weightloss. PlushCare.com/weightloss. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 151 of Sapnin Podcast, featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan the Organ Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, and I know I make a beast out of myself with these puns, but a this... Beast. <laughs> no, no, that doesn't work. But this is truly an episode... Full of heart and soul. Yeah, the second half works. The first half didn't. Um, you don't. Yeah, making a beast of yourself. No, it doesn't work. Yes, this week's guest is um, Scottish legend, frontman, musician, and all-round lovely, lovely egg Sam McTrusty of Twin Atlantic. Yes, and this one is way overdue but i am over the moon that we're finally getting to do a twin atlantic podcast sam and the rest of the guys have truly soundtracked a lot of important moments for me growing from my early teens to mid-20s they're always being a boulder in the alternative uk music scene trying different things not really fitting into a certain subgenre but constantly producing emotionally connecting rock and roll anthems i love everything from their riffs to energies ballads and his strong scottish accent and i know sean in many ways twing and the blackout came through together at a similar time you're around the same spaces you got to do a lot of photo shoots with sam for magazines over the years yes is it interesting from your perspective to see how far they've grown and become the band they are today yeah, it's been fucking awesome, to be honest. Um, yeah, I remember shooting, we shot a rock sound cover, and uh, it was me, Gavin Butler of The Blackout, Ollie Sykes of Bring Me The Horizon, uh, Alid Phillips of Kids in Glass Houses, Josh Franceschi of The You Me At Six, and Sam. And uh, yeah, it was a good day in London, and yeah, I just fucking love those boys. I just remember them. Like when they came out, I remember playing with them and being really fucking psyched for them. And then we kind of drifted apart, I guess, just because we were, like you said, they don't really fit into a genre. 
Whereas, you know, like, if you look at all of those bands there, they all kind of went off into doing their own thing. Like, at the time, Bring Me the Horizon were a heavy metal band. Um, so they went off and did that. Yumi A6 were like an emo band. Kids in Glass Houses were more like a dance rock band. And the Blackout which is a fucking mess. So <laughs> it was, um, yeah, it was, it was awesome. But yeah, just, just the fact that they're still fucking going literally mm. makes me feel warm inside for them. Because... It's been a fucking struggle for everyone, I think. But yes, I'm fucking chuffed and I'm happy and uh, I'm excited for what comes next for Twin Atlantics. I think they're going to be bigger than ever and uh, I can't wait. Yeah, and there's so much for us to dive into with this conversation because not only do the band have a new album in Transparency dropping on January 7th, which you can pre-order now, but there's a lot of changes behind the scenes. And in 2022, they're going to be touring to celebrate the 10th year anniversary of their renowned masterpiece of a record in free. So we're going to be talking all about that. Sam's musical and life journey, secrets behind some of their cult favorite tracks, that wonderful Scottish accent, of course, and just some silly touring stories involving Warp Tour and just so many laughs. Yes, thank you very much to Sam for coming on and Sam's team for uh, helping us sort this out. Um, yeah, like Morgan said at the beginning, this is one we have wanted to have done since the start of mm. Sampling Podcast, really. And we have tried, <laughs> um, but it's just never lined up. But um, yes, the stars aligned. And uh, the universe give us this beautiful, beautiful chat with Sam. So thank you very much, universe. Thank you very much, Sam. If you've got any suggestions for future guests, any ideas, any questions you want answered, get in touch with us at Pod on Twitter and Instagram. That's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D on Twitter and Instagram. And we will try our best to reply to you and to get the guests you want because God knows we are trying that. We are trying. Give me the maddest suggestion for someone that you want to hear because that's what i want i want to hear who you guys want to hear from and the mad shit that they've done because yeah there's loads of people um over the last couple of weeks we've um we've been eyeing up people like sir tom jones he's doing a gig <laughs> with stereophonics we'd like to sort that out yeah he's on the dream um, list but yeah we've yeah die asloff also known as david asloff to anybody who's not welsh um he'd be good yeah, so we're trying a bit of everything. The Rock, Dwayne would be good, I think. Um, John Cena. <laughs> He's, well, The Rock's just uh, featured on a rap album. Um, oh, yeah, I've heard that. Uh, recent, do you know what? Yeah, yeah n- never mind then. Never mind. <laughs> 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 oh, but yes, do let us know at Sapling Pod. We're always trying new things. And if you just go back and see the list of guests we've had recently, there's some amazing stories there for you to go and check out. But of course, if you're taking a moment on the internet as well, please go and check out our patreon page patreon.com forward slash sapnin because over there not only is there's loads of extra content more bonus podcasts videos photos just a lot of comedy genius but you get to be included in our wonderful community and there's a lot of celebrations coming up for us very soon that we're doing official meetups if you're part of the patreon now we've told you to save some dates so come and join in on the party patreon.com forward slash sapnin and literally have a party with us yes yes we are trying to organize a party night and possibly 
a gig. I've said too much. I've said too much. <laughs> right, right. Lester, before you ruin it, let's just go straight into this conversation with the beautiful, wonderful, magnificent Sam McTrusty of Twin Atlantic. Jesus Christ. You are, you're not wrong, man. He is all of those things. But fuck. You wouldn't say that about me, you bastard. Anyway, Sapman! Sapman! Go on, Sam, boy. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Sapnin! Sapnin! Sapnin. Oh, hey! it was slow. Sapnin! It was. Hey! <laughs> I was going to say it was slow. It was low, but we go on. This week's guest is the phenomenal Sam McTrusty of Twin Atlantic. How yes. are you, brother? I'm good, man. I'm really good. I'm doing a podcast. Yes. Yeah. You were saying <laughs> before, Andy, you don't do you don't do many podcasts. It must be my accent. It must be people are like, what was that guy saying? Because <laughs> no. that seems to be the universal reaction to the Scottish accent. Well, no, we, we, we can't say much. Our accents aren't uh, any, <laughs> yeah. any better. And all three of us combined, all three of us combined is going to make uh, an interesting conversation, <laughs> I think. But I'm um, so happy to have you on, man. We've been trying yeah, yeah, to yeah. get you for quite a while. Too fucking long, or if not. anything. Too fucking um, long. So I, I'm glad this could finally happen. How are you? doing at the moment i'm good that's new that's news to me you've been trying to get i would have just done it first time uh, uh we need to stop going through pr people we need to stop <laughs> fucking sliding the DMs. yeah yeah i'm good mate i'm just i'm at home and i'm i'm kind of just fucking about to be honest but i think that's why i'm doing podcasts i'm like yeah I'll do that. okay what the fuck else have i got to do so yeah all good yeah Good, yeah. Well, I'm sure this kind of these last few months have been a whirlwind for you because 
after being stuck in the house for so long, I think you were one of the first bands to proper do a tour around the UK in terms of venues and playing big festivals in between and everything like that. How is this time just being for you kind of getting back into that mindset and going from isolation to being full of a room of really sweaty people singing lyrics back at you? Uh, it was quite surreal, but um, it, surreal in the first instance, but then almost just like straight into autopilot again, where it's like, that's kind of what I've done my whole adult life. So it was like, I, th- I think I realized, you know what? I was, I was really burying my head in the sand of how much I love touring and love being in a band. And cause I, I listen, I love to fucking moan about it. Do you know what I mean? I love to be like, ah, oh, fucking, you guys don't get it. It's really hard work and fucking, it's like a constant struggle and blah, blah, blah. But I, I think, um, especially the live side of things, I had just, buried my head in the sand through lockdown and I was like "Ah, I'm quite enjoying having the time off like people loads of people in Glasgow around me my family and that were like are you missing it I was like nah nah it doesn't define me fuck that no way I'm loving being at home and as soon as I with the first one we played the first show we played back was um like the download pilot Hmm. Hmm. it was like 10,000 people so that was like zero to a hundred I was like like everyone else just sitting at home or doing DIY or whatever what I was doing the day before, to then like pretending to be a rock star again the next day. It was quite mad. But the, the strange thing about it was, because um, that was like a an experiment. That one, I got to the you, you check in, you get to the gate, and they're like, right, take your mask off. And that was like the opposite of what I've been told for like months before that. That was quite surreal. How did you find? How did you find being around people again? Um, and being around crowds and stuff, did you did you mingle very much? Uh, I I think I hmm, like the download one, yes, because I don't know. I kind of felt like it's my this is something I can contribute back to people to like if I get COVID, like at least I was trying to do something decent for like UK touring and and all the crew and all that as well. There was like there was a reason to do it. To, to figure out how transmissible it was in that environment. So I was kind of like, right, don't be a shite bag. Fucking give that guy a hug. Talk to these people. I didn't fully go in the crowd, but I like jumped down into the barrier and uh, <laughs> a guy spilled uh, Dark Fruits Strongbow all over my Scotland away because Scotland had just played England before. <sighs> oh. And we never really do like the whole themed the band going on the stage wearing the same thing, but we all went on wearing the Scotland away top, and uh, I was like, ah, oh, fucking gigs, man, fucking people. What the fuck? <laughs> but did he do that? Did he do that on the sly though? Was mm. he like, did you check his nationality? Was he English? I'm, I'm. In, do you know? I don't want to pigeonhole him, but I think maybe. But he had <laughs> with me, he his hands up and was like, yes, and it just fucking went everywhere. Ah, uh, motherfucker. Have you got the stains out now? The stains are out. The stains oh, are out. <laughs> <laughs> look, oh, I wish we... Do you know what? It's a bit sad. This is an audio-only podcast because that look in was fucking perfect. There was a fucking beat. Your face went fucking serious. The stains are out. Lovely. That was fucking perfect then. Fucking genius. Comedy genius, oh. I was. I don't know if I'm even answering your question. I'm just talking about being at the thing, but it was it was... See, because you're on the stage, you're a bit separate. You, there's this you, in your mind. You're like, "Ah, oh, we're totally safe up here," which is so stupid. Because really, I'm opening and closing my mouth at a thousand people that are like 
shouting up towards you. And like I'm breathing in all that, so probably the worst place to be in the room. <laughs> yeah, I never thought of it. Like, are you dead? Yeah, you just you're a target for breath. <laughs> it's a sentence I never thought I'd say. No, it's always like, oh, the singer's lost their voice, or they've got a cold, or sinus infection, or that. It's like no fucking wonder. They pointed it out to me as well, and the moment you've just had there, Sean, of like, oh yeah, fuck, that makes total sense. Is the moment that I had when when he explained it to me, but. The nice thing about the gigs was the first four or five songs, I mean, like, I'm used to being like, who's fucking having a good time? Let's go! And people ramp up instantly and match your energy. But it took about maybe eight or nine songs. And then by the end of this, because we maybe playing like 19, 20 songs or something like that, by the end, it was as if there had never been a pandemic. Because a, a lot of during lockdown and all that, I just felt like I was agreeing with everyone. Like, yeah, music's really important and people miss it. And I was, I don't know, maybe I was in shock and just kind of going along with it. But it was nice to see an actual realisation of that where you were like, fuck, music can help people hmm. get out of their comfort zone again and get back to like s- some sort of normality. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I... I can relate to that a little bit because uh, we've been lucky enough to do some festivals, but my first indoor gig back was you guys at the tram shed in Cardiff. Oh, was it? And yeah, I was up in the balcony a little bit because I was worried about being in the crowd and all that. Too good. Then, Too good for the crowd, is he thinks now. But, Got a podcast. But then, but then you started playing What Is Like, What Is Laughter, and I went straight down there and had a jolly time for the rest of the gig in the crowd. So Dived off. <laughs> uh, but it was weird because that, that show... That Cardiff show, uh, we had our stuff on stage about to sound check. I'm repeating, I've probably said this at, at the show, uh, but for the listeners out there, you yeah. should be doing podcasts all the time. <laughs> that was like, we were on tour in March 2020, had the stuff set up on stage to sound check. And it was the day after like all the premiership football games get cancelled. The travel ban was put in by Trump. And then the rugby was meant to be that day in Cardiff, Scotland were playing. And I turned up to the venue and were like, ah, the fucking rugby's been canned. Went upstairs to the dressing room and my guitar tech was like pale grey, covered in sweat and go- and like coughing. And I was just like, fuck this, we're going home. Fucking stupid. So it was a big, big moment to play that show, a big deal. But it was like, um, I'm not sure how many people, maybe like 700 people came, but it holds a thousand. So there was still some people that weren't, up for it you know what I mean like stayed, stayed away or st- yeah I'm still finding that now yeah I DJ'd somewhere the other day and uh, the promoter was saying about uh, he'd sold like 65 70% of the tickets beforehand and then on the night then he was surprised how many people must have bought tickets who did like just still haven't turned up and they're just buying tickets because they want to go somewhere but they're still not sure about going anywhere I, I would definitely be in that category if it wasn't for you know my job being the, the, what would you say? Breath target. Being that category for, for, for sure. Like I went to the football for the first time and felt a bit weird about it. Cause I think you're meant to wear a mask and but nobody's wearing a mask. Do you know what I mean? At the football, like it just, but if I hadn't have been playing shows or whatever, I probably wouldn't have gone. My wife's a nurse and works in the hospital and stuff like that. So through the whole thing, I've been like extra cautious or, trying to be extra sound about it because the stories she's been coming back and telling me, you're like, well, the least I can do is like be sensible. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, do us a sure. favor. Th- th- thank you, Mrs. For, <laughs> for, um, for being part of the fucking 
emergency services during this time because fucking hell they've had some shit and they're still they're still getting shit now of fucking idiots as well now it's gone from fucking or oh, use this virus to use a virus and some fucking idiots who don't even believe in the virus i know fucking hell it's man. really there's just so many fucking stupid people you just there's no cure for being stupid do you know what i mean no yeah, we're basically seeing natural selection take take place, I think. But um, natural selection might fuck some of us um, intelligent people up as well. That's the problem. <laughs> I think that's where we're stuck now. Part of me gets it because it's such an extreme, like, it came out of nowhere. Do you know what I mean? Mm. The, some people, like, don't handle, like, being inside for that long while. Or, the, like, I've definitely been guilty of, like, getting on a thread online and just going down a rabbit hole and being like oh my god aliens are real and I'm uh, aliens are real guys just so you know oh yeah he's on board he's on board on that yeah, 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 yeah. no no don't put the UFOs and aliens thing in with oh these people think the virus doesn't exist because <laughs> aliens and UFOs factually exist yeah, no, <laughs> well, well whatever um, elves um, elves, <laughs> elves but, or Elvis either one I do get that it's been quite a hard time for people mentally to like stay on the on the tracks of rational thinking. But um, basically, my mum as well. My mum works in the same hospital, and my wee sister uh, works in accident emergency. So there's three people in my immediate family. I mean, any of the sort of naysaying or like, because I'm definitely a conspiracy theorist as well, and I looked into all the. Like before there was even the vaccine, I looked into like, fuck man, is it man-made? Is this like a biological warfare? Weapon. Yeah. yeah. And you very quickly get thrown out of that like train of thought when you've got three nurses talking to you about it. Good to have that in my back pocket because I get out of these like dangerous conversations about, <laughs> yeah, well, my wife's a nurse, so I'm a <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. Yeah. I need to get a new, yeah. I need to get a nurse girlfriend so I can argue more. That's that's my new thing now. Oh. <laughs> if I get a nurse girlfriend, I'm finally above the law. <laughs> I can say what I want to anyone. But yeah, go on, Morg. Sorry, man. Sorry, Morg. No, I was just going to say though, but despite you know all the mayhem that's gone on, it's nice to see that you've been able to be quite creative in that downtime, being stuck at home, because obviously you've written and started releasing tracks now from a brand new record called Transpiracies coming out. On in January seventh, um, it was just just a classic kind of lockdown project. I, I believe you were starting to write music for other people, and ended up writing this. Yeah, well, I just uh, I don't even know how this happened. But I, I think like seeing the first five six weeks of the the first lockdown when everyone was like learning how to like make bread and yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> i'm gonna do yoga every day and get super healthy and like which is great to put that time to something constructive i just went i like regressed back to being 16 year old 17 year old me where i was like i'm just gonna sit in the room and fuck about with guitars and and, and like i don't know whether i was like in shock and so i just went back to like naive simple thinking me do you know what i mean where i just was like I'm just going to write songs and learn how this keyboard works and learn how this audio stuff works. And um, although I've been using all that stuff for years, I probably didn't know how a lot of it actually worked. So that was my, I was like, oh, I'll use this time to like really deep dive into all of this stuff. So I took some of the stuff home because the band used to have a studio um, in the city in Glasgow. We don't have it anymore. That was like the first thing to go. Do you know what I mean? Because it was like, 
how can we afford to do that and not be playing shows or whatever. So I ended up bringing some of the stuff home and I was meant to, in the April, I was meant to be going to America to write with a producer, Jack Knife Lee, who we'd worked with before a couple of times. So he was kind of more of a mate at this point. So I was able to text him and say, do you want to just do this remotely? I've seen people are, this was when like Zoom was first knocking about for normal people, not office folk. And I was like, oh, do you want to try and do it that way? Just for something to do. Obviously all his stuff had been cancelled as well. So the two of us ended up just being like each other's, instead of learning to make bread and doing quizzes and things like that, the two of us were just, it was meant to be all, oh, let's do a song. And then we loved the first song. And then we did another and another and another. And before we knew it, we were like, man, this is maybe the most cohesive album we've attempted because it was made in such a... The restrictions that we had physically and technologically meant that like there was only certain things we could do and it's made the records have like a really distinctive sound and I had so much time on my hands to like rewrite the lyrics really because sometimes the lyrics are an afterthought or whatever because you're running out of time or you're just thinking about something else but because I was so focused on it we started to be like shit this might be a really good album rather than just two mates messing about with like how do you work zoom and how do you fucking I can't hear you can you hear me (laughs) every day Um, so a bit of a happy accident but then I've heard other bands say oh we wanted to put the time to really good use and write and well I, I wasn't really thinking that way I was more thinking like oh my fucking god the world's ending I'm just going to cover my ears and eyes and like make me like I was just doing it out of like a knee jerk emotional response or something. <laughs> trying to like, Oh, I need to fucking keep up my end of the contract or whatever. So yeah, no, no, for sure. For sure. But how, how would you feel that kind of different in sound with these new tracks as, as hit people already? Because you've always been a band who have incorporated different sounds as you've gone on. You've always said you don't want to make the same record twice. You always want to do something a little bit different. Um, obviously, you've incorporated a lot more kind of dancey elements and electronic sounds in recent records. Do you, do you think that's just taken a step further now with this one? Yeah, I think um, it's mad to be able to agree. See, when I'm listening to you saying that and I'm like, yeah, yeah, we have done that. That, that, that to me, I'm even like, that is wild that we've been allowed to make enough albums that we've now got a kind of thread of it starting to make sense. Cause our, mm. as um, we've, we've always been a bit of an awkward band that like we never really fit. We've never really fitted into any particular scene or slot or genre. We've kind of fitted into three or four different ones. I don't know. It wasn't on purpose. I think it's just musical taste and where we're from and the, in, in the UK and stuff like that, just we've always kind of been a bit of a thorn in different scenes rather than slotting in nicely. And so I think we just kind of ran with that and we were like given a wee bit of extra creative freedom to just experiment. Because I think I've got, I've got a lot of mates in other bands who they started as like a pop punk band and they did really, really well. But they don't even like listen to I don't even know if they listen to like guitar music anymore, but they still do that thing because I don't know. It was for obvious reasons, right? And it's um, so I feel dead lucky that we've been allowed to kind of experiment because I think every band would want to do that if they could. But sorry, that was just a bit of context as to why it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. We don't think we're like super artists. You know what I mean? We're not. Do- <laughs> it's, 
you get bored making the same thing over and over again. And um, so with this new one, this new record, like I was saying, because I mean, I was making it in like my daughter's bedroom. She got kicked out back into our, because she was only like six months old. So she got kicked back into our bedroom and I just set up all the studio gear in her spare, well, in the spare room in this flat we were in at the time. So we had neighbours like right through the wall above us and below us. So I couldn't do the big vocal done for years. So um, that kind of became like the like the, the framework for the songs. Like, well, I can't get to the chorus and go, ah, or whatever. Because I'll get someone on the wall will be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> or I'll like wake up, wake up my daughter um, because I could only work when she was asleep. Because I was, because my wife was at the hospital working, and I was a stay-at-home dad role. So when she would go to bed at night, and because of the time difference between Jackknife Leaves and Los Angeles, so eight hours time difference meant Sadie would go to bed at like half seven. I'd start work at like eight or nine, and I'd work till like four in the morning. Get up with her in the morning, and I worked through this whole sleep-deprived state. Um, <laughs> wow! So that's probably why it sounds different too, because. Mm. And it was a lot more like um, digital amps and digital sharing of files and things like that. So it was quite, it was like a completely opposite experience to how I've ever made a record before. So there was obviously going to be a different outcome. Yeah, that's that's mad. Yeah, that's mad you say that with like digital amps and stuff. Because yeah, I was listening to, um, I was listening to Bang on the Gong earlier. And yeah, some of the guitar sounds and tones and stuff on it sound, sound fucking fantastic. So to hear that they might be digital amps is... Yeah, it was a blend going on because there was... Um, we were writing over Zoom like this and then Jackknife was recording it. His studio was like a proper studio. Do you know what I mean? And it was just... It was quite mental to... It, basically, we've got an album that's like mainly played by him. It was mad. So we just had to totally like the reins and because... I'm sure you guys know, obviously, like, people can be so precious and, like, it's a lot of it is, like, ego-driven of, like, no, no, I'm playing that bit because I'm the singer and I'm the guitar player, so I need to do that bit. But I just, we just let go of all of that and just, I mean, it was a mental way for a bit. I never want that ever again. Can you imagine some of the the fights and the arguments we had as a, between us all in the band? We were liking the the finished kind of songs, so we just kind of kept going with it. Nice. Yeah, super interesting to hear. I'm I'm really looking forward to the rest of the record. But it's funny you mentioned not fitting into certain genres, because one thing I was going to bring up is I noticed recently you brought out a T-shirt that said too rock for the alternative kids, too alternative for the rockers. And really, that sums up Twin Atlantic perfectly. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so too. Because <laughs> um, it was our bass player, Ross, has, has like... I think his favourite type of music is kind of like ambient club music or something. Do you know what I mean? He's not. And there was a there was a t-shirt years ago that was like too. I can't remember. It was something like that, but not not alternative and not like rock. It was like too house for something and too acid for something. It was something like that. I can't remember. He'll be so annoyed at me that I've forgotten it. And he said, "Oh, we should make a t-shirt like that." That's because we've been people have said that to us for years. All the market, the marketing geniuses out there, and all the uh, different management and stuff that we've worked with—they've just been like, "You just need to pick one, guys, and like you'll do so much better." We're like, "It'll just be so disingenuous, though, guys, and it'll, we'll stand out like a sore thumb." 
in a bad way because we all look like we don't care. Mm. I, it's like see, see, like when our band, like we did the Warp Tour in 2012, <laughs> we were just so misplaced on that tour, but like we loved it because we've grown up listening to like a lot of that music. Do you know what I mean, like I love music that I love really heavy guitar stuff and I love people like crowd surfing and like screaming and I don't know I don't know where I'm going with this train of thought I'm losing it <laughs> it's, it's all good but yeah I was warped to a few did imagine I was how did how did the crowds react well there was a few kind of like there was a few similar bands like us on the bill one called Make Do and Mend another one called Dead Sarah um, where we were kind of more rooted in alternative rock I guess I get when you start getting into like the subgenres of melodic rock music it gets a bit silly but like for example I think the headliner on the tour was Motionless and White oh wow okay, <laughs> okay. bit different yeah. bit different <laughs> slightly different to Twin Atlantic just just a little bit aye yeah same get up same lock <laughs> same, same lock spot on <laughs> cod piece same cod piece um <laughs> <laughs> Literally swapped. Right, I'm off. There you go, bro. That's for you. <laughs> but I think because the ninety nine percent of the f- that particular year was all about that, are we kind of like um, integrity based? You know, we were all about that. We were all like, no, play it from the heart. You need to mean it. You need to. It needs to be songs about your real life, and then you need to bow down to the altar of like Kurt Cobain's as a, as the moral compass of songwriting. It ended up being like quite a weird shit experience that's like one of the best experiences of my life ever. We were dead, 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 like outrageously spoiled in that our record label at the time was Red Bull Records and they were based out of out of the States. So they were desperate for us to do the tour. Our mates and Biffy Clyro had done it the year before and they were like, don't fucking do it, guys. Like... <laughs> do not fucking this is not for you because I think they were meant to do it for two months and only did it they came home or something I'm sure wow I could be getting that wrong because they, they were maybe trying to be cool and like lie to me or whatever but um, so they were saying like trust me don't fucking do it and the label were like you need to do it we've got you a slot because someone at the label knew Kevin Lyman thank you and he was like yeah I'll get them on and we were like oh my god we need to do this they're like the these are like the money people paying for us to record records, and we need. There was an element of like guilt, guilted into it, and also it was like a holiday round America. I've grown up singing fucking the Blink lyrics about like the Warp Tour and meeting there, and like I, I was obsessed with it. One I remember having like Ross and I saying, "Oh, we'll get student loans when we go to uni, and we'll go to the Warp Tour." And but we had all these plans, so there was a bit of nostalgia attached to it, but. We um we ended up saying to the label the only way we'll do it is if we get our own bus, like our own tour bus, because it was it's basically I think like four or five bands share a bus, and then it just becomes like I think it becomes like an SAS like survival experience. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to be doing it in the vans. No, the bands no. I saw doing in the vans were fuck would nearly die in trying to get to each venue. But yeah, on a bus is the best way. On a bus, and then every other band was like sharing with other bands, and we were just spoiled wee pricks like on our own bus with like AC just like chilling. So that's why it became a really good experience because we were just in a wee bubble of our own, as in our crew, and then these other like minded bands. We would just. Us and we are the ocean. They were do- we are the ocean, 
and you meet six with the other British bands on the tour and lost lost profits as well. And um, so we just like sat and every night get steaming with them every night, basically at our bus because we had a bus to ourselves type of thing. So the bad bit was like, oh fuck, we need to go and play this show. <laughs> <laughs> How spoiled. Yeah. So spot, man. Oh, wow. Nice to see you had like a little holiday from it, uh, I guess, anyway. But while we're taking a trip down memory lane, obviously 2021 is the 10th year anniversary of your album Free. Um, you're going to be celebrating it next year with a full UK tour, playing it in full and everything like that. But I mean, looking back at that record, what's some of your like standout memories from that time? Because even though you were, you put some things out prior, I really feel Free was the, the kind of release that set you to new boundaries and kind of escalated the band to a completely different level. Yeah, yeah man, it's mad. It's mad. I feel mad being like, yeah, you're right. Because <laughs> I'm like the most classic imposter syndrome person in a band, maybe ever. <laughs> Um, when, I, when I hear people talk about our band like that I get like awkward I'm like shit but that is like <laughs> well it was pro- it was the tour that it, it was the tour it was the record that basically allowed us to tour um, we started getting played on the radio in the UK well in the UK Europe and America because it was before streaming was like even a thing I think so it, it basically was the record that gave us an audience and I mean, the highlights are like we toured with Blink-182 on that record and that's like the only reason why I got into guitar music was hearing them for the first time. Toured around the States like four or five times. Met my now wife because of that. She's from Toronto. Um, But but it was a transition because we'd done like all the like the toilet tours they call them in the UK where it's like we were playing like 150 cap venues to like three people for a few years in vans eight of us all staying in the one travel lodge room and all that carry on and i do and i actually loved it it's people talk about that like oh it was hard it was amazing it was so much fun it's like it was like going to uni or something for how to be in a band like if you don't do that but you're you're not going to really get the next step and that's what free was for us was like instead of playing i don't like the small room in the upstairs of like leeds cockpit we moved into like the bigger bar and then we moved into like the main venue and then we moved into like the uni stylus, I think it's called all on the course of one album. We toured it for like nearly three years. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, I, and and it, yeah. Radio one just kept putting the singles on their playlist. Oh, bloody radio. <laughs> one. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> And it was crazy, but without them doing that, that's, that's what snowballed it. That record's like getting going off of getting out of a van and going on a tour bus for the first time, and all looking at each other like a slow motion thing out of a movie, all nearly crying. Oh my, my god, that's a fact. <laughs> None of us have to drive tonight, boys. None of us have to drive. So it was like a perfect wee sort of like time in the band of like first experiences but they were all like life changing and it was almost like we were having a new one every week and and that's that's partly why we want to like 
we, we kind of said in the beginning like I will never do the play an album from start to finish thing that's fucking cheesy like that, we're not about that we want to do a new thing and move on to another thing and even if less people are into it like fuck it be true to yourself and all that but because I think it, it hit its 10 year anniversary during lockdown and people were messaging, messaging, messaging us about it loads I just felt dead grateful and like reliving the memories because Craig our drummer has like 30,000 photos of the band so he was like oh look at this photo from this time blah blah and we're like do you know what maybe we should just do something for our actual fans that they want for once rather than being selfish (laughs) (laughs) so that's where the idea to do the tour came up and it was meant to be November 2021 but obviously we had to move it make it as confusing as possible because we've got a new (laughs) an old one but yeah yeah, no, I'm sure. I'm sure so many fans are going to be so pleased to revisit some of those songs and hear a lot of things you haven't played in forever. But um, while we're talking about the record, one track I have to talk about with you is Crashland because I I feel that is kind of the ultimate cult Twin Atlantic song. It was never released as a single, but you go to any live show and people are waiting to belt those lyrics back at you in their own version of a Scottish accent. Um, do you do you just think that is kind of the ultimate like fan favorite track from Twin in a way? Yeah, I think I, I, it must it must be because there's no other song that I can just like not sing into the mic. You know what I mean? And I don't know why I I don't know what it is about that. Obviously, it's like it's a ballad for anyone who's not heard it. It's it's, it's like an acoustic ballad. It's got like sad cellos and everything like that. So it's a heartstring cooler i don't i mean the, the mad thing is i was watching um we had the music for it and it was like a full-on like nearly a pop punk song with like the production we had and then we had to go to this like uni radio show and i think it was the first time we'd ever done a session like an acoustic session and we only had like two songs that we could play because we were and right when we started we were kind of a bit of a disjointed Math, almost like math rock elements to our band and uh, loads of like noodling on the guitars transfer that onto acoustic was really difficult so Barry our guitar player was like I'm going to have to transpose this to like acoustic and we'll just need to like write a new acoustic song because we don't have enough songs to this radio session and it was a Sterling Uni and it just was not a big deal but to us it was like oh my god we've got a radio session and we took it so seriously and I was watching uh, Castaway with my, my with my grandpa, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, right, I need to like, I need to write fucking lyrics for this song. I need to. What am I going to do? And I just was like, themed it all on that movie. And that's oh. where the song kind of originates from. Was like me panicking about having lyrics because we've got this radio session at Sterling Uni, and uh, so it's like extra surreal to me that all these people connect to the song and. It was never a single because it was like a panic written thing. <laughs> um, really, and that's probably why we never. There was there was talks about it being a single back in the day, but we didn't want to have like the Hubis Thank uh, thing happen. <laughs> <laughs> Intro to our band, and then go and listen to like the other. The rest of the record was like a grunge yeah. record or something like that. So, yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah, oh, you don't want to. Yeah, you, you don't want to reason yourself. Yeah, you don't want to reason yourself. Yeah. No, you don't want to. No, 
But yeah, how mad is that though? Just to think, like you were there fucking rushing to finish a song for Sterling fucking Uni Radio and then around the world it's loved by thousands of people. It's mental, man. It's honestly mental. And I have the same reaction every time we play it live. I do kind of test, it is a bit of a test, like how into it are the crowd. If I just like let them take over and sing, I know it's going to like push the show to the next level. So I kind of like back off the mic and let them kind of get into it more. But um, it just makes me laugh every time. I just like find it so fucking funny that we've got a song that, that gets that reaction because people like mean every word. Yeah. It's mad because it's a song about like a plane crash as <laughs> well. I, I, maybe that's what's good about it is like, I don't, I have no idea why, you know what I mean? I have no idea. Mm. Um, yeah. But it's a good one to have in the back pocket to like, yeah, very much so. Yeah. It's a show that is failing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it's much better to have a song like that, the one you can pull out and everyone goes, oh, fuck this. <laughs> We definitely have loads of those songs. <laughs> <laughs> you liar. Oh, you fucking no, liar. No. I haven't heard one yet. But no, but thank you for telling the story of, of that. I mean, yeah, it's, it's such a fan favorite track. But um, one of my favorite things about those live shows, especially during that song, is hearing the crowd trying to do their own version of a Scottish accent, singing it back to you. I'm sure, like, you must get things about the accent all the time, like, doing, like, singing wise, but. How do you feel about going to a different place and then hearing them trying to do a Scottish accent and it coming out very wrong? Well, it's like if I if I went to see Blink, like I'm singing like Tom DeLonge. Yet. Mm. Yeah, you're saying yeah. yet. You're pronouncing head wrong. Yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's it's a massive compliment. Um, yeah. What's the weirdest place that you've heard <laughs> somebody doing a Scottish accent like in? France, I think. <laughs> Even like when a French person speaks English, it's very French sounding. Do you know what I mean? So mm, yeah, we've got quite a strong fan base in like Paris. But see, to be honest, like even even like in Cardiff that night that you were at, I I still hear it as like well like the Welsh accent. Right. Okay. Yeah. So like the French Scottish English language thing that gets that was that was probably the strangest one. I love the idea of you going to somewhere like I don't know Japan. And just you're in a Japanese person singing back in the accent. Never been to Japan. What? what? Really? Never, I, I never played there. Oh, you need to go. I think we were supposed to go with uh, Funeral for a Friend um, years ago. We were, oh. we were supposed to be going to Australia to support them. Oh. But then the tour fell through. I can't remember why. It was so, so long ago now, I can't remember why. Um, and we've never gone. We've played in Australia. We, we did like Soundwave Festival. We mm. slipped up. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, as you do. Of course, yeah. Together at last, win Atlantic and Slipknot. You need to get to Japan. Well, I think it's fucking. I think we should message the Fath Boys and get this tour to happen <laughs> next year. The purpose of this podcast was to bring <laughs> out this uh, huge the Japanese people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there's a DVD the in that somewhere. Yeah, I love the idea of your booking agent going, right, if we get you on some podcasts now and you just mentioned Japan enough. Well, you know what's mad, man? We, we've changed agents maybe three or four times over the last 15 years. And uh, the first thing we said to the guy that we've just started working with, um, well, it was just before we've been working with him there for three years, but two of those years we couldn't do anything. 
first thing we said was like, did we need to go? Just we need to go to Japan before we all fall out and like split up as a band. Like we need to go because the one place we've not been, we're like desperate to go. That that's that's crazy to be honest. Though that you've have you toured there? Like played shows there? Yeah. Is it exactly because people just say it's like the best experience ever? It's unbelievable. Well, when the blackout went there, I think it was like two thousand six or two thousand seven originally. We turned up thinking, oh, well, we had a record out there, just like a local record label had bought the rights to. And we were like, oh, nobody, it's going to be shit. There's going to be nobody there. And we turned up and there was 400 Japanese people waiting with their ticket, with the ticket number. So on the floor, it had like 0 to 10, 11 to 20, right? And they queue in whatever ticket number they bought. We turned up the venue and we got swarmed and we were like, Boys, we're absolutely massive in Japan, <laughs> and we didn't know. And yeah, every time we went there, it's amazing. They treat you like kings. You can go from Tokyo, which feels like it's Blade Runner, like it's the future, and then you can go to Osaka, which feels like you've gone 500 years in the past. It's mental. One country couldn't be so... Like, I remember the first time we went there, they had... I was telling Morgan about this the other day. They had contactless payment via your phone, and this was two thousand. Five, really? 2003, two, yeah. Literally, we're going beep, and I was like, "He just paid for the train with his phone. That's fucking mental." Back then, that would have been insane to see that. Mm. Back. Yeah, and now, and now, yeah, it's a standard over here now. But yeah, it's yeah, you've got to get over it because even if you don't think this is well, this is what I can go from what I had. Like we didn't, we thought literally we were going to be playing to nobody again, and we had a surprising, a surprising fan base over there. So. I reckon it's the same for you. I think you need to get over there. No daft, because I know there's people in Japan that listen to our bands. I don't know why we haven't. It's always a money thing, in it? It always comes visas and flights and the time out there. I think, I don't know whether it's like because we were going to the States loads and then the time that we, we weren't, we were doing stuff in the UK and that's what I mean. We don't have an excuse now. Does that mean you get loads of um, come to Japan comments instead of come to Brazil? <laughs> <laughs> we, do you know what we did for years but now it's kind of like cooled off maybe they just got oh. maybe pissed off with us understandable <laughs> yeah what what is your most um, most asked come to city because I used to get Brazil or Newcastle because that was it and either a whole country in South America or just Newcastle annoyingly it's like Glasgow and I'm like I'm, uh, I'm here <laughs> you every day uh, <laughs> it's, to, it's to play a hometown show all the time but we've got this strange thing where we're, we're so much bigger in Scotland than anywhere else, but it's one of the smallest countries in the world, you know what I mean, with like Western infrastructure venues and all that, so only so often we can play here. And then because we're a bigger band here on like festival bills in Scotland, you have these like exclusivity things you have to sign when you start moving up the bill. So then it's like, oh, we can't do a headline show now for another year. We can't announce, so it's gets actually it's a big frustration, but yeah, it's a really good one to have. Don't get me wrong, no, no for sure, for sure. But go, going back to the accent thing as well, like was that just something from early on when you started singing that you always wanted to kind of make sure you didn't like Americanize yourself or anything, or was it just something that naturally happened? I think it was. It was a. I don't know the exact reason why it was. It was like a kind of melting pot of like a. Like I got into music because of like the big Californian 
culture explosion that happened in the early two thousand, late nineties, early two thousands of like Blink mixed in with like Tony Hawk, skating mixed in with like Jackass and all that sort of like American Pie movies coming out and stuff. Hmm. So I was kind of like spoon fed all of that when I was going through high school, and I sang every song with like that Tom DeLonge, like "Where Are You," like everything, everything was like California eyesed. I think what started happening was then when I started writing like my own lyrics, I just was like so I was cringing at myself doing that. I was like, "What the fuck are you talking?" And I, there was a disconnect between what I was saying and how it sounded, and then. Um, Around, I probably around the time that I started writing my own songs was when I was I was going to art school, and I was kind of learning more about creativity and finding your finding your own lane. So, like you know, during the day I'd be going to like lectures about that. I was studying painting, like fine art painting, and I I think there was like a transition from oh I'm just dead into music and I love like guitar and like distortion and punk punk rock music. But there was also this other dead thoughtful side that was analysing art and analysing then there's a crossover point where I then start thinking about music the way that I thought about visual art and um, the music side just took over and I guess then when I, when I started like singing my own songs that I was writing I was like nah just fucking be yourself because at least then I'll be able to like stand by it for the rest of my life because you see like you know you see people our parents generations like oh yeah your uncle used to be in a band and it was all like the new romantic stuff with makeup like <laughs> singing like they're in the smiths or whatever and you're like fuck man that's so cringy i just didn't want that to happen i don't know and being from glasgow you're kind of like you probably get a bit more of a kind of a like critical mm. <laughs> it's kind of more lad culture here with music than like like the American kind of harder rock thing. It's not really a thing or it goes the complete other way where it's like kind of twee indie. So I I basically just was so confused. I was like, I'll just be myself because I'm not really sure which one of them is the least. Well, it worked. So I'm very glad you stuck with that because I've had many, many a fun night trying to do your (laughs) accent horribly wrong at live shows. So, (laughs) <laughs> well, that's happened to us. Like, think how many times we've had fucking people coming up to us, oh, like yeah. doing in doing really bad Indian accents, <laughs> thinking they're Welsh. It's true. Yeah, the yeah, amount of lot. people I've had, the amount of people I've had come on to me and go, "All right, buddy, how is it going?" <laughs> and you're like, "That is way off. That is that's almost Pakistan." Hard <laughs> accent to to do though, isn't it? The way what the Welsh one? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, especially for English people, apparently. In but, sort of vein as like the Northern Irish one for me. You know, sometimes you walk in to do it, like you you go to do an accent and you fucking nail it, and then you're just in for five minutes doing like yeah, oh yeah, or you miss it so wide that you sound <laughs> Indian or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> Northern Irish one on the side by side there with that for me. I'm not. On this, don't worry. I'm not going to. I don't want all of us getting cancelled for really bad accents. Is fine, but um, Sam, we won't keep you too much longer because we know you've got a very busy day. But with the grand scheme of everything lately, I mean, I don't like using the words uh, or the phrase "new era" for bands that much because I think it gets overplayed and stuff. But it does feel like there is a new beginning for Twin Atlantic, not only with this new record, but obviously a few kind of changes in the lineup because you and 
uh, Ross and now just going uh, as, are the only two official members in the band. Obviously, Craig has uh, just stepped away from the drumming uh, stool while while Barry is being uh, is still a touring member with you guys. How how is that process being for you now? Is it is it just a, a sense of the other guys just growing up and and not being able to to do this? Like how how do you see going forward as a two piece now? Yeah, it's just, it's one of those situations where we started the band as kids, man. Like, all 18, 19, 20, that sort of age group. I guess life happens is a bit of a lazy way to to, to explain it, but perspectives shift and change and everyone's sort of, like, goal is different. Do you know what I mean? Because I think it's impossible to, because we've been doing it for, like, nearly 15 years now. And if we were all just had the same goal still, because we did in the beginning and, and it all meant the same thing to us. And we were all as committed as each other because that was all we had in our lives. Um, so it was something dead natural about that. But as time goes on and you change as a person and your priorities shift and even think, even people's like moral compasses and things like that, like completely change direction. So plus, plus to be totally honest with you, you end up like running a business. You know what I mean? It's, 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 yeah. you don't really, you hear about it and you're like, yeah, 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 but fucking someone else will take care of that. Like, but now it's like on you to like, especially the more, the, the more you go into adult life, the more that stuff becomes important. Not to sound boring and make the podcast super boring all of a sudden. No, but, no, 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 but this is, this no, is what this people want to hear. See, a lot, uh, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people just think, Band life is fucking hey, cocaine and strippers all the time. Well, there is a lot of that part of it, but <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they're the worst bits. Do you know what I mean? Most rewarding parts of being in a band are figuring out the music industry and how you can make it work for you. And sometimes it doesn't work for you. Do you know what I mean? And there's a point where like you want to get off the rat race of that because it it ruins it's just not for everybody. Do you know what I mean? That, that side of it. And the longer you're, the longer you're in the game, the more, the more that side just takes over. Um, because see even something like a decision to make a record during lockdown where like there's, there's some cost involved and then there's some like, iso- like isolation of like, well, we can't go to a studio so I'll do this on my own to keep it going and blah, blah. And feelings get hurt and then perspectives change and it just the, the the good the good thing about the situation we're in just now is that with it being just Ross and I it's that everyone made the right decision at the right time for the right reasons. It was never like heated or upsetting anyone, if you know what I mean. It was always kind of motivated by like making us all happy. Like what would make you happy right now? Oh, I don't want to do with all that. I don't want to deal with like the tax thing and money and planning and being on calls about shit. I just, I'm not into it. So I'll take a step back. And then you take a step back and you realize, actually, maybe I want to do something else. And, and see, just being honest with each other and being, to, to go right back to the beginning of what we we're talking about, where we've never fitted into any particular open slot in a genre or a sub genre or scene we've always felt free to kind of like adapt and change. So we just kind of took that mentality onto like how we run things behind the scenes rather than kind of playing up to the, the whole 
image of like how you, how you would think about you know like best friends forever which we are but we've managed to stay like that because we like gave each other freedom to like take a step back or be more involved yeah. in this or like raw right now maybe i was doing most of the songwriting so like well you can let's bring you in a role that makes you more involved in this stuff and so really 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 fucking difficult to juggle it all because it's people that you care more about than what would be normal for your mates do you know what i mean you're sharing connect you're sharing experiences that connect you on such a deeper level. Not just the music not just musical, but even like touring the world or like I've grown up with these guys, do you know what I mean? And now we're all like people are married and they've they've got kids of their own and fucking mortgages and so there's a bond there that's unbreakable, but the drive just goes away for some people and it it, it becomes more for others at different times. So rather than like trying to mash that all together and being like no we need to fucking stay because that's the thing about we just were honest about it with each other and changed it so that we stayed best mates type of thing yeah well that's that's the, that's the best way but with all that now obviously it's very busy time as i mentioned new records next year you're going to be celebrating the 10th year anniversary tour free and everything like that but is there anything else we can look forward to is there anything just in your life in particular that you're kind of excited about yeah, what I wanted to know is, are the, all the videos going to be intertwined? Because so far, so far, we are. We made those two. Were they back to back? I think we actually made them with a day off in between. Oh, wow. It was nice. two and the same, so it was easy to like make it. I think that's where the idea came from. It was like, well, if we're going to do the next one, will we just... It was like a last... I think it was like a last minute thought to do it. <laughs> um, I'd love to do that because um, how does the last one end? I'm at the end, I'm in I'm, I'm in the museum. Yeah, well, coming out to the museum, I'd imagine would be next, wouldn't it? Because you went from uh, like door, the, going called? out of the door bang, to bang, get... yeah, you yeah went bang yeah bang on the gong, come out to that miserable, come out to that bang in the museum. So you'll have to come out to the museum now, ha ha, into the street, and then the creative, uh, the creative writing team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't want to say anything, but um, this is my this is my interview. Actually, we haven't recorded a single thing here today. This is just my interview, <laughs> trying to get a job for you guys. So uh, yeah, well, I think we're missing a massive trick, aren't we? But we don't even know if we can. We don't even know if we can afford to do another one. We're kind of seam of our pants uh, stuff over here just now. That's where we're at. I mean, we're like we're like just, Although we've been going for years, and in some people's eyes, it's this big successful thing. The reality is. We're like a, we're like a kind of mid-level football team in the Premiership. We're not going to make top six. We're not going to Europe type of thing. Or nobody's going to Europe now anyway. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah, Champions League is off. So we're like you know, like we're like a working. I mean, everything we do is to like keep us um, ticking over. So like, if we get to make it, it will definitely tie in. I'll give you. I'll need to say. I'll give you credit for it. <laughs> oh no sorry just a big banner at the end um, idea by Sean Smith and that's it that's all we need actually that'd be fantastic oh, but wow. yeah to just touch one last thing on transparency the record yeah for the lyrical content on there how does this um, how does this differ from uh, the last one well I think because I, I was at home basically I was I've been at home for the longest I've ever been in my adult life this period because like I was saying started touring when I was like 18 I'm 33 now 
So basically, my whole of my twenties into my early thirties, I just was on the road or thinking of the next step. Right, where am I going? Where am I going? Taking on new cultures and like, I don't think my lyrics were properly like a snapshot of of me. It was they were more a snapshot of me trying to be somebody else or trying to escape here or um, hiding everything behind metaphors because I was too not embarrassed to like. I don't think I had enough life experience to say it's even like a love song the, the, the songs on this record that are maybe more about that sort of content they're about like the shit side of, of love but how that's when you know it's like real true love whereas I didn't have context when I was like 21 to figure that out and write write about it maybe on in a concise way that wasn't like all dreamy and like love's amazing I can't wait to be in love whereas now it's like love's fucking tough man you work at it and it's like a difficult thing but that's what makes it worthwhile That it's kind of more it's just like a lot more black and white this record less kind of room for interpretation I, th- I would say okay plenty of transparency Hooray. there he's figured out why it's called that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, finally uh, yes obvious obvious, wow. well, obvious I've absolutely loved this conversation man thank you so <laughs> much too. for taking Me the time too. it's lovely to find you have you on and um, fingers crossed we can do something again soon only like my third ever podcast and I did one this morning so got in early it took me so long to I didn't know I didn't know you wanted me yeah, we've been trying a while. We've literally been going three years, yeah, and I reckon, won, we, I reckon we've tried three, since yeah, the beginning. Yeah, we have. Literally, you're on our you're on our list of one of the first kind of guests we've had, and we just not this just never happened. <laughs> it's mental. Have I done it? Well, I've done. I've done it. We just did it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that was the test. Uh, let's all press record oh. now, and then we we'll go for a real one. Right. right. No. Ready. Sapnin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Sam. Thank you so much, Sam. Thank you so much. Thank you. So thank much. you. Yes, sir. You listen to the podcast. Yes. Yes. I was nearly racist then. I was going to go, oh, hi. <laughs> but um, I didn't. But then I did this bit explaining that I nearly did it, which literally means I kind of did it. Uh, and so, Scotland. Hey, Scotch people. Oh, no. <laughs> Scotch people. I'm so sorry for doing that then. I'm only joking. I'm fucking winding you up, man. Hey, I get it all the time being Welsh, don't I? People give me shit for they try and do the Welsh accent and sound Indian to me all the time. So yeah, we're um, we're, we're we're Celtic nations. We're Celtic nations. We are. Real. We're fucking brethren. We're brethren. <laughs> oh, sis, sistrin and non-binary. But non-binary is that the, anyway. <laughs> thank you very much, Sam McTusty of the Mighty Twin Atlantic. I am fucking super excited for what comes next for them. I can't wait. They're gonna be fucking doing massive arenas in no time I'd imagine yeah. and I can't fucking wait. I hope we get invited because I'd like to go along <laughs> well these new tracks are sounding absolutely huge you know bang bang on the gong one man party I'm really looking forward to seeing what comes next the videos of yeah the videos are fucking awesome he's dancing he's like fucking he's like a Scottish Christopher Walker he is about the place <laughs> I love it yeah and of course I'm looking forward to seeing and hearing what comes next with the new record, Transparency, dropping on January the 7th. You can pre-order copies on CD, vinyl, and all that right now if you head over to their website and probably go into your favorite record stores. I'm sure they can sort that out for you, but whatever. But make sure you get a copy because it's going to be 
a really, really good album. And they'll be touring across the UK in May of 2022, performing their phenomenal record free in full back to front i'm so ecstatic for that and they're gonna be playing everywhere from dublin belfast london newcastle inverness glasgow leeds manchester bristol and birmingham so get your tickets now while there's still any left I can't believe that you've memorised uh, the dates because you go in. What That's it is? Ma- you, are I'm, you going to all of those dates? I've got, yeah. I've got a tattooed on my wrist here. I, Just twirl I, I was like, <laughs> I was like, That's a, that's a funny shape note Paddy's reading off. And I realised it was your forearm. That's mad. I can't believe that all those Twin Atlantic dates tattooed on your forearm. But yeah, go and see them. They're fucking mighty. The sing-alongs are fucking beautiful. Sam is a beautiful fella to look at and to listen mm. to. Mm. Um, and yeah, we... I fucking love them. I've always, I've always loved them. Um, even secretly in the background, like um, yeah, like a like a good luck pervert. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching from the background, going, "Go on to an Atlantic, go, you free, are you?" <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, thanks for Sam good for coming luck. on. Good luck, pervert, mind. I don't know. <laughs> Shut up, it's here now. I said it people, now. We're not fucking. That's your new, nah, because people are going to call you no, that. No, it's not my unique name. No, it's not. Really, it's a good luck, pervert. We're not going <laughs> to. We're not going to bring out a shirt that just says "Good luck, pervert" on it. I, oh yeah, you, yeah, that's worse. And the GLP, like, and the GLP. GLP. <laughs> call uh, me the G- no, don't call me the no, GLP. No, 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 leave no. it, man. Leave it. Anyway, thanks again, Sam. <laughs> thanks to an Atlantic for the music, the good times over the years, and I cannot wait for this fucking new record and uh, the tour. So yes, thank you very much, Sam, and uh, all of Scotland. Thanks to all of Scotland. Mm. <laughs> Apart from the Scottish Conservatives, fuck off. <laughs> oh, but no, I'm really, I'm really uh, honoured that you shared the story of Crashland to us as well, because that's literally one of my favourite tracks that they've ever done, and possibly ever in general. It's a beautiful, beautiful track, and I'm really looking forward to seeing it live again in May. But uh, we've got a lot of things coming up. We just celebrated 150 episodes in a row. Obviously, this is 151. Our third year anniversary is coming in just a few weeks, so you got to get ready to celebrate with us and we're going to be doing a lot of things both on the podcast and with our patreon page patreon.com forward slash sapnin so if you want to head over there subscribe to any of the tiers it gets you not only a lot of bonus content but into our wonderful community so for People all across the world were planning to do a huge Zoom party day where we're all going to interact and talk and play games and all that. But we're also looking at doing some celebrationy party meetups in person for both the anniversary. IRL. E- IRL. IRL. LOL. LMFAO. For TRL. Yeah, for TRL. BRB. The old MTV show. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yes, we're going to do, um, we say meet, meetups makes it sound like some sort of cult, um, even, mm. no, anyway, um, yeah, it's less meetups and more nights and parties together, so yeah, we're hopefully going to host a third year birthday party and then maybe a Christmas party, some of them might be involving um, DJ nights, some of them might be involving bands, some of them might be involving 
Well, that's it, really. But um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you want to know what happened, sign up to patreon.com forward slash happening because we're working on it. And if you're already in there, you would have seen some dates that we're trying to hold for you wonderful people to come and celebrate. But yeah, we'd love you to uh, join it. It helps us keep this podcast alive each and every week. And we've got a lot of things, as I said, in the bag. So it would be a shame if we didn't get to put those to fruition so patreon.com forward slash sapmin give us a follow and a tweet or instagram like whatever at sapmin pod on social media but while we're speaking of these wonderful patreon people if you head to the description in this episode there's loads of names there that we would like to thank but sean as always is going to give a mahusive shout out to the elite members of our patreon podcast community those are the top tiers and they're wonderful Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. They are bloody wonderful. Thank you so, so much. We say it every week and it's probably boring as fuck, but thank you very much to everybody who's ever been involved with our Patreon. It literally fucking makes this podcast possible. So, and these people especially. Thank you very much and we love you to all of these guys. Thank you very much. Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Orangutan Claus, Leeway Wait. She hasn't changed her name from last week. Um, thank you very much, Janelle Caston, Amandine. Thank you so much, Shona Morgan, for everything. Urbano, you don't have to thank us. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Mitch Perry, Dilly. I thought this was OnlyFans Grimwood, but that's okay because I've DM'd them. I've DM'd Dilly now those nudes I've got of you, Morg. Um, thank you very much, Kelly Owen, Kelly Young, Liam Connolly, Natasha Morris, Scooby Drew Styles, Nathan Croshaw. Emma Barber, Paul Hirschfield, Sammy G, Tony Michael, Kat Besson, Captain Hannibal, Jenny Robinson, Murray Grimwood, Scott Jones, Johnny Phillips, Amy Campion, Vinnie McMahon, book me and Sean versus Real Big Fish in a Steel Cage tag match, SummerSlam 2022. I'm up for that. Thank you very much, Mikey McDonald's McMuffin Buns. That's not his real name. Thank you very much, Caroline Robinson, Chris Howard, Craig Govan. Louis Cook, Martina McManus, Kevin Clark, Danny Eaton, Carl Pendlebury, Lydia Henderson, James McNaught, Craig Harris, Jenny Munster, Lucy Diaz, Emily Perry, John and Emma, Jason Oredia, Becky Handy, Stuart McNaught, Kelly Cannon, Sharif Awadali, 
Ollie Amesbury, Adam King of the Goths Parcelo, who we saw last week um, supporting uh, Salem and James and the Cold Gun because Adam's part of a fantastic band called The Nightmares that you should check out. Thank you very much. Josh, what did the fisherman say to the magician? Pick a cod, any cod crisp. Josh, that oh. is the worst one so far, right? That's all, That's so bad. I don't even think it counts as a joke. Do you think he was... He's got to mispronounce a word. It's you, terrible. Do, anyway. Do, no, 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 no. Do you think he was fishing for that reaction? Thank you very much, Alice Wood, <laughs> Keenan Allen, Reese Bowring, Ben Evans, Amy Chilvers, Kate Stevenson, Connor Lewins, Livy Cropper, and Daniel Slamvile, Pultgwing, Gisco, Gerich, Wintrop, Slantasilio, Go, 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 Stevenson. He's written that in thinking I wouldn't be able to say Whee! that, but I fucking did. So there you go. In your face, Daniel Stevenson. Thank you very much to all those people. As you can tell, I'm now in a mood because he stopped <laughs> to do that fucking pun and it wasn't worth stopping. No, aye, aye. So thank you very much to all of those people. Thank you very much, Sam McTrusty. Thank you very much, Twin Atlantic. Thank you to all of the Scottish people. Um, I've been Sean Smith. That's it. Uh, I'm no, Morgan no. Richards. Sublet! Sa- Sublet! Uh. He's not. He's not. And he... <laughs> Shit, luck, unluckily for me, he does have a power to edit this. But I'm hoping he won't. So, fuck you, Morgan. Sapnin! Oh, Sapnin. Just say Sapnin so we can get on with Sapnin. this. Sapnin! Sapnin! Fucking puns. Prick. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much. <laughs>